Murray out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray hits it downfield. For Holmes down the middle of the field. They're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Falls. Touchdown. Welcome back to the Brits Guide to the NFL. And if you've seen on Twitter today, um, we're going to be doing a, um, some rookie uh, stars to look out for, some ones to watch, and also some second-year breakouts. Um, I'm joined by Greg again. Greg, how are we doing? I'm very well, thanks, Callum. How are you doing? Not too bad. Season is Good. getting closer. Almost mm-hmm. was it two or three weeks away now? It's getting yeah, there. yeah. We are nearly there. I've been so so excited for a couple of weeks now. Obviously, we do this every week, and uh, yeah, just talking about the news and everything, and, and doing a bit of research for this episode has really got me excited now. Uh, really can't wait to watch some football. So before we get into it, I want to start off with your boys, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I was okay. doing a bit of research last night on um, on the Bills, um, and mm-hmm. I come across an interesting tweet. Um, someone, I forgot who who sent it, but they basically said, make no mistake about it, the Bills are on a revenge tour this year. And it kind of sparked an interesting point when I started sort of pondering the Bills' chances. And you, you mentioned about the Bills being underdogs last year. And I thought, mm-hmm. have the Bills almost failed to capitalise on their status as underdogs? You know, they come out and shocked everyone last year. Josh Allen took a step forward, Stefan Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. Um but everyone seems to know who the Bills are this year. You know, there is a lot of expectations mm. on you guys. Is there, you know, almost too much expectations now and, and we're going to be underwhelmed by Josh Allen? What, what are your thoughts on all this? I think you make a very valid point. I think last year, uh, being underdogs and having a decent run like that, maybe we could have capitalised. But I think as one of the guys uh, who mentioned on when we did the Eagles podcast, uh, uh, when you guys were talking about the Eagles and someone asked me about um, whether we were underdogs and whether we, you know, we actually over, um, you know, over did, you know, went above and beyond everyone's expectations last year. And I think that's probably true to an extent. I don't think a lot of people expected anything from us last year, but I do see a point about capitalising on it. Making it to that AFC Championship game is is fantastic. But obviously to to get to the Super Bowl is is everyone's goal at the start of the season. And then it's a straight shootout from there. But I think we definitely improved by going toe-to-toe with teams like the Chiefs um, and really competing against those kind of teams because it's... I've only followed it for a few years, but I know previously, in, in previous years, we've just been a complete walkover uh, and some of the QB players have been absolutely abysmal. It's the first time I've had a proper QB in years. Uh, everyone's obviously liking him, Josh Allen to Jim Kelly and stuff like that. So I think this this year, it will be tougher, as you say. I think a lot of teams will have looked at the way that we play, the way you know Josh Allen likes to move out the pocket as well as you know to who he likes to favour in certain routes and that sort of stuff. So I think we'll have been worked out a little bit Teams obviously had that time in the offseason knowing that the Bills is going to be a tough game, so they'll do their homework and they'll, they'll be ready for that. So I think teams will be slightly more on it. But as you say, we're on a revenge tour. You know, We don't, we don't play to make AFC championships. We, we play to get in the Super Bowl and to win the thing. I know we haven't done that yet, um, but that, that's the whole point of it. So I'm sure they're out there to go and uh, claim a few scalps and, and get, back to, you know, back, get back to the Super Bowl, really. I think it's also interesting when you look at how much the division has come on as well since last year. Like the Patriots were dreadful last year, or at least, mm. you know, for Bill, Bill Belichick's standards anyway. The Jets are probably going to be awful again. Like, let's no, make no mistake about that. Zach Wilson is going to be running for his life behind that O-line. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dolphins, let's see what Tua can do. But, you know, I mean, the mm-hmm. Dolphins, the Patriots, the Bills, like 
I mean, it really could be any of three of those um, that could win that division. Uh, Patriots yeah. went out and splashed in free agency. Um, mm-hmm. Adding someone like Matt Judon as well, like bringing back Hightower. And like, their defense is, you know, pretty good. And they have like a probably a top 10 0 line as well. So um, yeah. every team in that division's got better. Um, let, let's see what happens because I think it's going to be an interesting division to watch this year. Yeah, absolutely. But as you mentioned, you know, the Patriots have dominated this division for years. Um, and now it's probably the Bills' best chance, you know, with a slightly weaker Patriots than they've been in previous years. Um, and the Jets not really up to much. I don't think they'll be troubling. And then, and then the Dolphins are a bit of a, a surprise package potentially in that division. So there are there are challenges and uh, they're not they're not easy games by any stretch. But I think that they're slightly easier than they have been in previous years. So this is the Bills' chance to really stamp their authority and get, you know, a two, three or four years of, of getting the division under, you know, division title and then and going deep in the playoffs so this is our best chance of doing that absolutely I never try and be too optimistic because uh, I know that they could always let us down um, but yeah I think that that's the obviously the first aim is to win the division uh, and take it from there really and then the playoffs are just straight shootouts is win or go home so anything can happen on the day when you get to the playoffs but fingers crossed we'll be back in the AFC Championship and we can go one further. Let's hope so. Um, now I think we should just get in straight into it. So, should we talk rookies first? Um, do you want to keep Absolutely. us off? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll kick us off. So, one of the rookies I think would be particularly good this year. There was obviously a lot of guys, and it's very tough to tell. Uh, the first one I can see doing very well is Najee Harris um, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll be the running back one. I would imagine they got rid of James Connor in the offseason and uh, drafted Najee Harris at the end of the first because he's a fantastic, fantastic running back. He's got the size, uh, the, the speed is up there as well. He's got the receiving threat. He's very strong and physical, good after contact, breaks a lot of tackles. So he really will be a, a barrier and someone that a lot of teams will have to work their game plan around, I would imagine. I could really see him going over a thousand yards from scrimmage this year because he has that receiving threat as well. Um, so, yeah, I think although the Steelers uh, run blocking was absolutely abysmal last year, but they 32nd. They last in the they, were near the they were near the bottom, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. So their run blocking and stuff like that isn't particularly good, but they've reworked their offensive line. Maybe they can sort something out be slightly better. You know, it's, there's only one way up from the bottom. Um, so fingers crossed they can be slightly better. But I really like Harris as a prospect, and I think he will do well. He'll get a lot of touches. I know they're sort of a pass first team in the Steelers, but um, I think that they could be handing in the ball quite a lot. And as I said, he has that receiving threat. So he'll still be useful in that passing game as well. I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Yeah, as uh, I mean, you said they're the past first team, and they probably are. You know, obviously Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and um, Juju, like they are mm. legitimate weapons. But when you look at QB play, like Big Ben, he, he's not going to be slinging it like fifty yards anymore. Like he just physically can't do that. No. So you would expect him to, you know, hand it off more to throw, you know, a few maybe screens to to Najee Harris. Like like you said, Najee Harris is going to get involved a lot within sort of. Uh, pass mm. catching out of the backfield as well as um, just running as well. So I like that pick, to be honest. Um, I'm not too mm. confident about the Steelers' O-line, but <laughs> I like Najee Harris. What I've seen from him in uh, college and as well in preseason, he looks good. Yeah, the O-line is one of those things. It's, it's tough to tell as someone that doesn't watch every single game and break it down and analysing that sort of stuff. But you're kind of hoping that with a few additions and changing a few things around that they'll be slightly better and and help him out. But yeah, as you say, he's a, he's a real threat and one of the best running backs in this class. So as a rookie, I think he could be making a big impact early on. Uh, who was the first person that you met, you had, Callum? So I've gone with um, 
a guy who I really like out of LSU. It's Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, joining the Carolina Panthers, uh, reuniting with Joe Brady, who he played under at LSU. So he's comfortable with the system. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, despite putting up 13 touchdowns, I think he did in 2019, he was pretty much unknown because he was sat behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, most people thought that 2020 would be the year for him as a number two behind Chase. But actually what happened was Chase opted out, obviously, as we know, and uh, Marshall became the alpha in that offense and dominated. Um, so, you know, he really enhanced his draft stock um, with arguably quite average QB play as well. So his skill set is, is fascinating to me. Like he's a big body, deep threat, um, great speed and wingspan, ability to win jump, jump balls. If you've seen any of his um, highlights in preseason, um, he's caught a lot of um, sort of deep, sort of 40, 50 yard balls. Um, so he looks really good, mm-hmm. six foot four, 200 pounds. You know, he's, he's in mismatch for DBs. He's, all, he's also got that red zone threat. Because um, as we know, yeah. the Panthers don't really have any sort of elite tight ends. So you would have thought that Sam Darnold would be looking for um, Terrace Marshall in the end zone. Um, like I say, I mean, he comes into the system as a, a wide receiver three, you'd, you'd expect with DJ Moore as a star receiver and then maybe Robbie Anderson, um, mm-hmm. who actually um, these notes were put together before I, I heard the news that Robbie Anderson has signed the two-year extension, which could slightly impact... Terrace Marshall's targets, maybe, but I think he's going to really show off with his um, with his amount of touchdowns, and he's ultimately going to rack mm-hmm. up yards for his deep threat. So, um, yeah, Terrace Marshall for me. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. It's someone, as you say, kind of broke out in his final year of college when he was originally behind the big names like uh, Jefferson and Chase, etc. And he broke out with that final year with, uh, you know, with, as you say, slightly uh, less favourable QB play after a year of Joe Burrow. But he still had a good year and, and really showed out. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. As you say, he's a little bit further down the depth chart. He's not one or two, um, but he'll definitely be involved um, from the get go. Is he more of an outside receiver? Yeah, yeah, for say, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, as uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, like the red zone threats are really kind of unrelate, underrated, aren't they? Um, and a lot of the times people will look at the score lines and they'll say, oh, who scored touchdowns? And if his name keeps cropping up, then uh, you, you could be absolutely right. And it'd be interesting to see because Sam Darnold's there now, isn't he? Um, mm. So whether, you know, what kind of system they try and run there and whether they play more to Darnold's strengths or more to, to kind of the receivers and the running back strengths will be interesting. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey's there as well, so he could be getting the ball quite a lot. But I do quite like that pick, actually. Yeah, Terrace Marshall, I hadn't thought of that. Um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that how he works with um, Sam Donald, actually. Yeah, I, I, I think it ultimately dials down to Sam Donald's QB play. Like, if, he, if it was Sam Donald that, that was at the Jets, then he's going to struggle. But I think, you know, sometimes you need that change of scenery. You know, we've seen it with a lot of QBs, and I think, Let's give Sam Darnold a chance. You know, he was in a horrible situation with the Jets. So let's see what he can do. Mm. Um, he's still not got a great O-line in front of him, but he's probably got, I mean, he's definitely got better weapons than he did in New York. So let's see what he has. Um, but yeah, Terrence yeah. Marshall for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I think the Panthers are quite a likeable franchise um, for someone that kind of watches a lot of the teams in the NFL. I think they're quite a likeable team. So, um, yeah, I'm certainly be looking out for Terrace Marshall now that you mentioned it. That's a good, that's a good shout. Um, so the second rookie I, I went for is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa 
Um, now, when I was watching some of the highlights and, and the bits and pieces about him coming out before the draft, I was a really, really big fan. I really liked what I saw. Um, exit in the tackle, really good sideline to sideline ability. Um, very good uh, rushing the passer, stopping the run plays as well. And he, he was quite good in coverage as well. He wasn't elite in coverage, but you know he had pretty good all-round game. Uh, fell in the draft because of heart problems or chest problems, something like that. So fell into the second round and went to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I think he'll fit their system pretty well. Uh, I think he'll be asked to play in coverage a little bit more than he'd probably like to. I think he, he likes to get after the, the running back and the quarterback and really fly off the edge. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilise him there. But I think they've got pretty good pass rushers as it is. And did they sign Jadavian Clowney? I think they might have done. Yeah. A one-year deal. Um, just before you go on, I was just about cool. to mention about the, um, the whether you expect him to play more in coverage um, rather than rushing after the QE because that just got him on Madden Ultimate Team and he's listed as a sort of pass coverage <laughs> guy. I know Madden's yeah. not always the you know the most accurate thing, but um, you yeah, mm. I mean, like you were saying, um, you know maybe maybe he's going to be expected to play a, a bit more coverage than he would have liked or expected, I guess. Yeah, I think I think he might have to just because they have good, really good depth in their pass rushers, whether they're kind of more defensive ends or their outside line rushers, that sort of thing. So I think he may be either utilising that role to really fly off the edge or he might have to be in coverage depending on which side the play goes and that kind of thing. So he might have to react to it. But I think he has pretty good sideline sideline ability. As I mentioned, he's very agile, a really good athlete. So I think he'll be able to adjust quite well in preseason. Uh, he had a really good game the other day, eight tackles and a sack. So again, I think he's going to be flying up the board in terms of tackles. He's going to be really involved. He loves contact. He's always looking for it. He's always, you know, tr trying to get in and, and throw a shoulder in and get a tackle in. So it'll be really interesting to watch if he can stay healthy for the season. You know, fingers crossed that chest or heart problem doesn't sort of hinder him this year. But he'd be definitely someone I'm looking out for, especially now that the Browns defence is slightly better. And as I mentioned, their defensive line and their pass rush is very, very good. He could be a part of that, but he also could be part of the coverage as well. That's obviously the job of a linebacker. And I think he could be someone that breaks out with a lot of tackles this year. Man, that Browns team is looking stacked. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you got to say it's probably a top five roster now. It's like one of the most balanced teams in the league, um, both yeah. sides of the balls. You probably say the weakness is maybe their receivers, but I mean, just their all-round team is is unreal. And I think the Browns yeah. can really go for it this year, um, mm -hmm. especially in a division with, you know, I don't. Th I think the Steelers are going to drop off a bit, and I think the Ravens will be up there, but. Um, you know, for me, I think I, I could definitely see the Browns winning that division. Um, and, you know, JOK is going to probably be a, a big reason why they do that as well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I think the Browns will win that division. It's, it's tough to tell. Uh, I, I think it's been something like 15, 16 years since the Steelers had a losing season, yeah, um, which is incredible, that, yeah. really. Um, you know, they just find a way to win. And they obviously have a very good coach there in Mike Tomlin. But personally, yeah, the Browns roster is just too strong. And I think some of their additions and offense in free agency really helped them out. John Johnson uh, and a couple of others that they got in. So, yeah, Owusu Koromoa will fit in nicely there, I think. He does fit that system well. And as a very good athlete, he's very athletic and agile. Uh, I think he'll really do well and he'll be an asset. So someone to watch out for as well. And uh, who did you have as your second person, Callum? So I went... Um... Bit close to home. Um, I've gone for Kenny Gamewell. Um, first of all, he's entering a system which is predicted to run the ball a lot. Hertz is obviously going to take a lot of that share. Uh, Miles Sanders RB1. Boston Scott's probably going to catch a few passes as well. But Gamewell is going to mm -hmm. get a lot more work than people think. I think 
you know, people forget or may not know that game one was the clear RB1 at Memphis when Antonio Gibson was there. You can line up in the slot as well. Um, he was consistently ranked by college football analysts as the best dual threat RB in this year's draft class. Um, you know, for me, you know, just watching his tape, he, you know, shows traits and, you know, faculties that persuade me to think that this guy has the ability to be, you know, the lead back on his team. If Miles Sanders, um, you know, can't reach that next level and be like an elite top 10 RB. Um, what's most shocking, actually, is the fact that this guy played QB in high school and um, therefore had only had one year playing the running back position, which is just crazy. It's just crazy, yeah. <laughs> Um, so he started all 14 games for Memphis. At the end of the season, he led all FBS freshmen in all-purpose yardage, um, racked off six consecutive 100-yard rushing performances, all with Antonio Gibson on the field as well. And there's one week where he had 100 yards rushing and also 200 yards um, receiving and, and three touchdowns, wow. which is um, pretty spectacular, really. I think if he adds a bit more mass, you know, he, he really does have the potential to be a lead back in the NFL. Like I said, Miles Sanders. I mean, Miles Sanders has actually come out and said that Kenny has the best hands in the running back room right now. Um, and you know, if, if Sirianni's coaching is anything to go, you know, by his past, you know, what he used mm-hmm. in Indianapolis with, obviously that sort of, you know, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and how he liked to rotate all three of them. Um, then it could be something mm-hmm. similar that he uses here in Philly. Um, so I think Kenny Gainwell, for me, as someone who's gone really under the radar throughout the whole draft process. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really excited to see what he brings to this team. Yeah, I think you make a really interesting point about um, Sirianni's obviously ability to rotate the backs that they had in Indianapolis. And that's probably, well, you'd imagine that's what he'd try and do in, in Philadelphia this year. And as you say, I think your running back room does have a bit of depth and it has that variety and that flexibility to it where you've got guys like Miles Sanders who um, has decent hands, to be fair to him, um, but he's more of a, a run it back and, and try and beat a few defenders. Uh, and then you have Kenny Gainwell, who will be uh, a real threat. And I know you've mentioned him before as a real dual threat. And as you say, Me- Memphis are just producing running backs that can play slot receiver as, you know, for fun, aren't they? Antonio Gibson there as well. That's incredible. Um, and yeah, what a, what a college career he had. I didn't realise Kenny Gamer had that that much of a, a stellar career really at college, but that's that's fantastic for him. Fingers crossed he can make a step up this year. As you say, there's still a lot of factors that play into it. Offensive line play, you know, keeping those guys healthy and everything else. But um yeah, that's a really interesting pick, actually. I think Kenny Gamer will be someone to look out for. And uh, fingers crossed he can stay healthy and, and sh- show out this year, really. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, did you have any sort of um, honourable mentions that you wanted to to go over before we get on to the second-year players? Uh, yeah, I had a couple, actually. I think I've got more honourable mentions than I do actual people, really. Um, uh, well, Jalen Phillips is someone who I really yeah. wanted to mention. I talked about this in one of my YouTube videos recently that I did uh, at Handy Greg. Check out the channel. Um, so I talked about Jalen Phillips because he was absolutely phenomenal in college. Uh, him and Chase Young were sort of tipped as the two bet you know, next best pass rushers coming out of college. Uh, he had a few concussions and, and head problems and that sort of stuff. But if he can stay fully fit and really um, play up to his potential this year, he could be a real threat for the Dolphins. Um, he'll fit that system quite well off the edge. They just traded a pass rusher as well. So he'll slot straight in there. And uh, I think he could have a stellar year. If he really plays up to his potential um, and to his ceiling, I think he could have a fantastic year. 
Uh, I also had Jarrett Patterson, the running back at Washington. So he went to uh, the University of Buffalo, shout out Bulls. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent this year, but he's been playing very, very well in preseason. 100-yard game the other week. Uh, he scored a, a touchdown as well, I believe. So fantastic start for him. Hopefully he makes the roster. I think he could be someone to watch out for because he brings something different to their backfield. We were talking about different types of running backs there. Um, and obviously they have Antonio Gibson in Washington and then Jarek Patterson's uh, short, stocky, you know, run up the middle. But he's also got pretty good cut ability. He's pretty agile too. So someone to definitely look out for. And then the final honorable mention I'm going to do is Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks haven't seen too much of how he's done in preseason, but I really like this pick when they made it. And I think with their two receivers that they have, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I think they are very good deep threats, uh, very good jump, jump ball receiver in DK Metcalf as well. But I think Dwayne Eskridge is quite agile and flexible, versatile. It will come in those sort of slant roles and, and different positions in and across the midfield as well. So I think he'll really complement those receivers well. And if Russ is short on time, I think he could be a go-to guy to just quickly throw the ball to. So, yeah, Dwayne Eskridge is someone else that I think you should look out for in the season. Um, did you have any? Yeah, so I, I probably should have said this at the start of the show that we, we try to avoid going for the obvious candidates, you know, your chasers, mm. Devontae Smiths. Um, so we did try to go for um, some maybe more known guys. Uh, so I, I had um, Amon Ra St. Brown. I think he's quite an interesting prospect to walk into, you know, at worst, a wide receiver two job, possibly even wide receiver one. You know, there's not a lot of proven talent in that Lions receiver room. Um, and Jared Goff is probably going to rely on on, on throwing it quite a bit, even though they have DeAndre Swift. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is probably going to be the main target. But you would say that Amon Ross St. Brown would probably get quite a lot of targets this year, uh, maybe next year mm-hmm. as well. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is someone who is just fascinating me, watching his tape and as well in preseason. Um, I'm sure people have seen that um, massive 100-yard game he had in preseason. Um, you know, coming out of Oklahoma, like he's, you know, he's an absolute machine of a guy um mm. so i think with that patriots running back room as well like we mentioned last episode you know damian harris is probably expected to be the rb1 but trading away sony michelle this week as well which was very interesting to the rams um mm-hmm. james white's probably going to be that pass catcher but i think that you know that sony michelle trade only you know bumps from andre stevenson up um, quite a bit up the depth chart there. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table as well for the Patriots. Yeah, definitely. As you say, that, that trade in the week of, of Sonny Michel was really sort of opened up that opportunities of him in that in the backfield for the Patriots. They do have pretty good depth at running back. Uh, but as we as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, they've there's a need for a variety uh, of running backs or running backs with a variety of skills. So it will be interesting to see how he's actually utilised, but he could have a lot of upside. He could be seeing the field more than we think. He could be a fantastic threat for the Patriots as well as another option. So, yeah, pretty good pretty good shout out of that. Now, this is, for me, this was hard to boil it down to two in terms of second-year breakouts. Um, shall I go first on this one, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah, go for it, Callum. Yep. Uh, so my first one is um, someone who's getting quite a bit of hype um, coming into the season. It's J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. Um, as we all know, the Ravens are, you know, the, probably the best, you know, rushing team in the league. They finished number one in rushing attempts, total yards and yards per carry in 2020. Uh, they ranked number three in rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, Dobbins benefited a lot from this situation. He tallied over 800 yards and nine touchdowns uh, on six yards of carry. 
and you'd expect him to get a larger workload as well, um, you know, which would help Dobbins eclipse that 1,000-yard uh, mark. Um, he's also likely to hit double-digit touchdown numbers again, um, especially if, you know, the Ravens sort of tap into his pass-catching ability as well. Um, you know, for me, J.K. Dobbins is quite an interesting player going forward, especially with that news that Gus Edwards got a, a bit of an extension as well. So, um, you know, maybe they, they are going to carry on that rotation at running back. And Lamar is obviously um, arguably the, the, the best runner on, on out of that room as well. So um, we'll have to see what Lamar does in terms of whether they're going to try and sort of diversify his, um, his ability to throw the ball or whether they're going to... You know, at this point, I kind of think, you know, what's what's the best way to use to utilise Lamar's skill set? And I think at this point now, like, just run the ball. Like, <laughs> just run the ball. It works every yeah. time. Um, yeah. I know they drafted Rashad Bateman and Tylan Wallace, uh, uh, but, you know, a few injuries to those guys um, during, you know, training camp. And you start to think whether the Ravens are going to lean on that running game as well. I think it could limit them in terms of when it comes to the playoffs. I think that's where they ultimately you know, start to see the consequences of, of a sort of one-dimensional attack uh, in the playoffs. Um, but for me, J.K. Dobbins is probably nailed on for a 1,000 yards rushing this year. Yeah, I think you make a really interesting point. Obviously, they've got to the playoffs a couple of years now and haven't made it past the first or second round. So they really seem to be let down by being a little bit one-dimensional and that kind of fatigue. I don't really think they have the depth you know, once you get past the first couple of receivers, there's not a lot of quality there um, and not a lot of dynamism either. So I think that is a really interesting point. As you say, they're a very, very good rushing team. Lamar Jackson has a fantastic skill set. I think the, one of the best things for him is just to let him go and play. Sometimes he'll just, you know, he'll, he'll read the defence and he'll know what to do. You know, a bit of improvisation here and there wouldn't hurt as well because he really is a special player. But J.K. Dobbins is an excellent shout. I think he could go for a thousand yards this year. I mean, 800 yards, you say, and like nine touchdowns in a rookie yeah. year. That's, that's phenomenal anyway. I, th- I really think that's a breakout year for, for a rookie. Um, but now cementing himself as a, as a fantastic running back, a top tier running back, is to go over a thousand yards and, and repeat the amount of touchdowns, I think. Um, so yeah, that would be really interesting to watch. Obviously, the Ravens are kind of under the microscope a little bit in that tough division with the Browns and Steelers and, uh, and the Bengals. So definitely something to watch out for, I think. 100%, yeah. Who have you got as your first player? I have gone for the San Francisco 49ers receiver, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'm not really convinced by Debo Samuel, wide receiver there. You obviously want like an elite guy at wide receiver one. You look at some teams and how many games they've won over the year because years because they have a top, top guy at receiver like Julio Jones, for example, the Falcons uh, and that kind of thing. And I'm really not convinced by Debo Samuel's ability to do that. I think Brandon Ayuk could see a lot more targets this year. I really like his route running. I think he could get, uh, you know, get targeted for that. I think he could be uh, using a variety of positions across the field in terms of slot, out wide, you know, different kind of combinations. So I think he could see f- more targets, more yards this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he broke over a thousand receiving yards. And uh, I really think that he could be a threat this year with it's difficult to know about the QB play because Jimmy G may be the starter there. I don't think Trey Lance was particularly convincing in preseason from what I saw of him. Um, so I think Jimmy G may be the starter there. And yeah, he doesn't have a massive arm, but I think he doesn't necessarily need it because they use a lot of running backs in past sets. 
uh, and they have, you know, a fluid kind of backfield and using their running backs with the wide receivers. But I think Ayuk could definitely have a big breakout year this year. He showed a lot of good tools last year. He took the step up to the NFL and I think he was pretty good. And I'd love to see him go one further. It's someone that I'd like to see, you know, jump on that trampoline and take the next step, get on that next level and elevate his game. And I think he could do that this year, I think, with healthy players back. They suffered some really bad injuries last year and they really struggled because they didn't have the depth. I think having some healthy guys back and they've got a pretty good offensive line, I think hopefully that should see some more targets, more yards for, for Brandon Ayuk. That's a good pick, yeah. That's an interesting one, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, I I wasn't overly convinced by Trey Lance's preseason. I think he's mm. he'll probably... I, I definitely say... You've got to say he's, he's going to start at least... You know, a couple of games this year, even though he didn't look very convincing. I think at some stage, yeah. Jimmy G is going to go out, um, whether that's, you know, maybe seven or eight games in, maybe, something like that. Mm. Um, or if he gets an injury or something, you know. It just takes one or two stinkers, I think, from Jimmy G, and he could be hauled yeah. off, uh, you know, off a couple of quarters, really. But yeah, as you say, it's, it's difficult to know who's going to be leading the charge there. I think Trey Lance has the better physical tools. Uh, you know, bigger arm, he's a little bit more mobile, that sort of thing. Jimmy G's their more sensible head, reliable, doesn't try anything too flashy, he tries to just keep it simple and plain and, and do it that way. So it'll be interesting, really. I don't know which would suit Brandon Knight's game a little bit better because I know he has that outside ability and could be a fantastic deep threat, uh, but he could also be a little bit more reliable coming across the field in the midfield and those kind of runs for, for someone like Jimmy G to throw to him. So it could be interesting. And as I say, there's a lot reliant on it coming from the quarterback uh, as to how well the receivers play. So again, it's it's kind of a risky pick because there's so many different factors that play into it before he even gets the ball. But I think he's after the catchability is quite good as well. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, shall I go with my second one and then maybe mention a few other people at the end? If, if, yeah, if absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, so my second one is going to be uh, Darnell Mooney from the Chicago Bears. Um, I think he's a guy that kind of went under the radar, even though he put up some decent numbers last year. Um, so as we all know, the Bears were pretty hard to watch last year. They're often struggled a lot. Um, the the O line has considerably worsened as well. I mean, if you you saw Justin Fields take that massive hit. The other day when he got absolutely steamrolled. Um, I think they're down to their third right tackle on the death chart. Um, obviously, mm. they drafted Jenkins and then I think he got injured and he's out for the season. And then um, their second guy got injured and now they're down to a third right tackle. Um, but if you look at this guy, Darnell Mooney, who's a fifth round pick, um, he showed last year elite separation. He set the franchise record for receptions for the Bears last year as a rookie. Um, he was fifth among rookie wide receivers in target share. Uh, seventh in to total targets and eighth most broken tackles by anyone in football. Um, you know, all of that was whilst acclimatising to the NFL, fighting through, you know, pretty atrocious QB player and obviously playing it opposite um, Alan Robinson, who is, as we know, quite a, a stud receiver anyway. Um, he also got 98 targets as a rookie. So I, I definitely oh, think, well. you know, in terms of maybe fantasy value as well, this guy has a lot of upside in terms of, the you know, the volume of targets he's going to get. Um, and his abilities uh, as a deep threat target as well. Um, there has been news as well that Alan Robinson is going to move to more of a slot role this year. So, you know, that only, you know, projects Mooney to get even more outside snaps. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely got that upside to, you know, to, to be that guy for the Bears. It's, it just, I guess it all, again, you know, boils down to the QB play. Um, when will Justin Fields come in? For me, it's it's only a matter of a few games. I think 
Um, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton coming out with um, with a few spicy comments over the last couple of weeks, you'd say. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Justin Fields and Everton going to be win that going to win that job, obviously. And then um, yeah, I think Darnell Mooney is going to run with that opportunity to be a star receiver in Chicago. Yeah, just touching on the on the QB situation there, I think Dalton will be. Uh, have they named him as the QB one, or is that just is uh, it at the minute? I can't well, I mean, really they, remember. They named him like, before they drafted Fields, didn't they? But I yeah. don't think anything's come out since then. Okay, sure. I think well, Fields. Uh, I think a lot of people want Fields to do well and they imagine he'll take the starting role, but I think it will be later than people think. Uh, I think they'll stick with Dalton because he's a little bit more reliable. Uh, you know, Fields has all the physical tools, but you don't want to throw him in too early. Mm. You know, you don't want a sink or swim kind of situation um, quite quite so early. So it'd be interesting to see, but I think Dalton will be starting and playing a lot more there. But yeah, Darnell Mooney, I like this pick as well. Um, someone that I've looked at as a, as a real... Uh, up-and-coming wide receiver. Reminds me a little bit of Michael Pittman. He's kind of in the same sort of category uh, Indianapolis. And uh, yeah, my, I didn't realise he got targeted that much last year, uh, Darnell Mooney. I think that's that's could be very important. It could be seeing a lot more receptions this year. But it does make me think about how many other big-time receivers they have that, that are options. Obviously, Cole Komet from the tight end position um, and Alan Robinson. But then apart from that, I don't think the depth is that great. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good shout. He could be, you know, seeing a lot of targets, you know, getting a lot of yards. And I think his uh, his catching ability is fantastic as well. His hands are, are very good from what I believe. So, yeah, I, I do really like that pick, Gal, to be fair. Um, I mean, you, men- you mentioned him there. Uh, one of my mentions was Michael Pittman for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> but I think we're, I mean, we're, I don't know about you, but I'm quite a fan of Michael Pittman. Again, it depends on QB player, but he's a mm. guy who's, you know, He's going to, you know, I think, um, well, I think it, it won't be surprising if he does come close to a thousand yards. Um, if he do, he gets some sort of decent QB play, um, Wentz coming back from that injury suspiciously early. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, he's a guy I really like, Michael Bittman. Yeah, same. Um, as, as you said, I'm pretty high on him. I don't I think. He's one of those where he's shown that it's not all about speed. He's not the fastest wide receiver. Um, so some people maybe discounted him or, you know, think that he doesn't have these top elite, amazing athletic skills. But um, his hands are very reliable. He gets himself in good positions. He's good off the line, uh, you know, beating defenders and that kind of thing. So I think he's a fantastic option. Uh uh, as someone that could be a breakout player, as you mentioned, it does depend upon the QB play quite a bit. But I don't think there'll be a massive drop off in, in in QB play in Indianapolis, as you say. It wouldn't be an episode without you mentioning Carson Wentz, and he has returned <laughs> suspiciously early from uh, he has returned suspiciously early from that uh, that injury that he had. So we interested to see how how soon he plays. But I do think Michael Pittman could be seeing quite a few targets this year. Again, their tight end room isn't particularly. Deep. I don't think their wide receiving room is particularly deep either. Brought T.Y. Hilton back, but then they're not particularly strong. You know, there's not a lot of quality further down the depth chart either. So I think Pittman could be someone, as you say, that's close to a thousand yards this year. Sees a, little, a lot more of the ball and it plays a bigger part in that offensive plan. For sure, yeah. Um, who's your second guy? Um, so my second player is Cameron Curl, a defensive back from Washington. So this is a bit of a bit of a rogue pick. Some people might not know too much about him, but in 2020, as a rookie, he actually had three interceptions and 88 tackles, which is quite impressive for a defensive back, especially in your first year in the NFL. And when you consider that he was a seventh round pick 
Uh, I think that's even more impressive, really. So if he can produce those kind of numbers uh, and those kind of stats in his first year, who's to say that he can't produce that again? I think Washington have strengthened slightly in their secondary and they have the best D-line in football, in my opinion. So I think that could be fantastic at They've obviously shored up their pass rushing and stuff in the run. And now their coverage needs to be improved. And I think he will be a big part of that. He was quite a big part of it last year with all the tackles, as I mentioned. I, th- I think they, they leaked a few around the outside, but he, he was there to sweep things up. I think they've improved their secondary quite a bit. So their pass game, uh, their pass defence should be a lot better. And I think Cameron Kerr will be a big part of that. Definitely someone to look out for. I think the D-line takes a lot of the headlines just because they've got great depth and Chase Young and you know all these other guys taking on the headlines. But I think Cameron Curl, along with some of their other defensive backs, could really be a force to be reckoned with. And Washington certainly have a defence you want to look out for if you're doing fantasy and that kind of thing. Definitely a team to look out for because they, they really stop points and, and stop attacks very, very quickly. So, yeah, Cameron Curl is someone I'd be keeping my eye on. That's a nice pick. Um, did you have anyone? I know I'd... One more men- honourable mention, but did you have any anyone else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, not really. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa potentially. I think last year, uh, coming off that hip injury, starting out in the NFL, we didn't fully know the playbook. There was quite a few things. A very young O line. Uh, a lot of things were kind of up. It was up against him, but I think this year he looks fitter and stronger. I saw some of his highlights from the preseason game the other day. He looked strong. Uh, you know, his his reads were a lot quicker. Uh, he got the ball off a lot quicker. He wasn't dilly dally and that sort of thing. He looked like he was a bit scared and waiting for impact last year. This year he looks like a man. He's grown. He's you know he, he looks NFL ready really. So he's someone I'd look out for. Um, not guaranteeing that they'll make the playoffs or anything like that, but I think he'll be slightly better. And he looks a little bit more NFL ready. So two is definitely someone to watch. Uh, you know, potentially play better this year. And uh, who was your final honourable mention? Um, so mine was um, Henry Ruggs, um, who had pretty, you know, a pretty underwhelming rookie campaign. I mean, um, you know, he ran a four-two-seven uh, pre-draft, and you know, obviously coming from Alabama, his you know his tape was, you know, littered with you know big plays downfield. But you know, when it, it, the Raiders selected him twelfth overall as well, so you expect him to come in and instantly make an impact, but it just didn't really happen with Derek Carr last year. Um, last year, last year he was, he was targeted just 15 times on passes of uh, 20 or more uh, yards. Um, I mean, that's behind people like, you know, Eagles receives like John Hightower and Jalen Rager. Um, but he did have a few highlights where he, he torched um, the Chiefs secondary um, in a game that they played. Um, so I think Ruggs still has a, a lot of upside to him. Um, both in you know real life and fantasy as well. Like other than Darren Waller, like there's not really any notable names on on in the receiving room apart from Henry Ruggs. Um, oh, oh, I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disagree there. I think they picked up Willie Sneed um, yeah. from the Ravens, and although he's not like a fantastic receiver, I think he he'd be pretty handy in the slot. I think he's a pretty useful kind of utility guy. And uh, they picked up the former Bill John Brown as well. Yeah. Uh, I think he did a very underrated job. Uh, for for Buffalo and he will be uh, he'll be very useful for the Raiders uh, but as you say last year I, they really didn't have a lot of receiver did they uh, and unfortunately I think Ruggs because he was taken where he was everyone just went oh they're taking him for speed uh, you know they're only taking him because he's the quickest guy there and the Raiders drafting is absolutely abysmal I don't know what the hell yeah. they're doing their front office is is, is awful yeah. Um, yeah so you know, there's a lot of things where Henry Buggs will be just funneled into the category of, oh, he's just quick. It will just burn people. That's it. I think there is more to his game. I do agree yeah. with you that there is more to his game. But I think 
there might be a few other options for Derek Carr this year. So I'm not 100% sure he'll see as many targets uh, as you think, but he, he could still break out, as you say. Still a lot of potential. I kind of feel sorry for Derek Carr as well. Like that, I mean, the Raiders' offensive line just completely collapsed, you know, after the season. Like <laughs> mm. they lost a, a lot of people and their draft was abysmal, like you said. Their mm. defense is, you know, they have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So you expect Carr yeah. to be throwing it a lot. So Ruggs could but see a lot of not, downfield yeah. players. Um, but yeah, the Raiders are a bit of a mess right now. Not yeah, not not only did they just dismantle their offensive line, some of that was for cap space, but then they yeah. paid a second runner, they paid Kenyon Jake, whatever it was, like yeah. three years, fifteen million or something. Like what are you doing? You've already got Josh Jacobs, you only drafted him two years ago, a year ago. Uh, what are you doing? It doesn't make a lot of the front office decisions don't make sense. But as we said, I think there's potential in Henry Ruggs. I would love to see him reach that potential, but he's you know, the longer it goes on, if he if he can't do it this year, you know, people are going to start considering him a bust. And that's that's sad because I think he's a special talent. I think he could have that upside, that real potential to be the main, the main guy for the Raiders because they don't have many others, do they? No. Um, just yeah. thanks for this. I think we've, you know, both really enjoyed going through mm. uh, a bit of research and, you know, looking forward to seeing how these guys get on next year. Yeah, definitely. As you say, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of factors that play into it, but uh, these are the guys we think can really up their game and, and push for for top positions, you know, top players in their kind of positions in the whole league. So it's fantastic. And yeah, it's been really enjoyable to do some research and, and have a chat about it. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good one. Uh, thanks for listening again, guys. Um, I, I mean, just a big shout out to everyone who listened to the Luke Sohook episode. Uh, I think we've received over like 40 players on that episode. So Shout out to everyone who who watched who tuned in to see that one. Um, we're going to be going live. I think it's next Sunday um, for our fantasy league draft. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Greg will hopefully be talking through our picks. Um, it's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah, Friday. Sunday the sixth. I think that is yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, um, yeah. that's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>